This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good evening. Good to see you here. Been a good night, huh? I pray the Holy Spirit touched you. I believe he did. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high and then we'll move. Again, if you need the the Word of God in your hand, you'd like to read the Bible with me, raise your hand. Our ushers would gladly help you. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad you're with us tonight. Uh, Once you get a Bible, go with me to Leviticus chapter 27, the last chapter of Leviticus. So you're going to go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. If you've gone to Numbers, you've gone just a little bit too far. And so here at the last chapter of Leviticus... um, this, this is a biblical principle that's found throughout the Bible. And I, I want to highlight before we get there, God is the originator of blessings, okay? And what that means is I, I don't do anything except obey God. God is the one who causes us to be blessed. So I'm going to start here, Exodus 27. I'm going to read verse 30 and verse 32, and then I'm going to come back to verse 31. Verse 30 says... And all the tithe of the land, how much of it? All. You know what? The last time I looked in Webster's, all meant all. And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. So what he's talking about here, as as a farmer or someone that grew, whether it was vegetables or a fruit, their tithe was to God. And if you'll notice, he said, It's holy to God. That word holy means set apart. In other words, it's a big deal to God. Not a little deal, a big deal to God. Verse 32. And concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock or whatever passes under the rod, that tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. So if you go back and look at this time in the nation of Israel, they they made their living either as farmers or ranchers. This is how... That, that God would bless them. So God says here, I, I want to bless you. I, I want to bless the, the harvest of your land. I want to bless the livestock of your land. But part of that blessing comes when you obey me with your tithe. Now, watch sandwiched in here in verse 31. If a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithe, he shall add one-fifth to it. Now, you know what this literally says here? If you're at the mall next week and you got your tithe money in your hand and you decide I'm not going to give it to God, I'm going to buy me a new Michael Coors purse, you can do that. But according to Leviticus 27:31, there's going to be a markup on your tithe. It's no longer 10%, it's 20%. I didn't write this, okay? Relax. This is the word of God. So What we must get here is this mindset here. Everything belongs to God. I'm I'm just a steward of it. And then part of the way I recognize God as my provider, as God is my financier, as God is Jehovah Jireh, as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, is I say, Father God, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to honor you. And you know, the Bible says that they, they take joy in honoring God. Take joy. It's a, it's a joy to honor God. Come on, let's pray here. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you. We thank you for the opportunity to give. And Father God, we acknowledge that everything we have is a result of you. 
And we thank you again, Lord, for your word on this area in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm going to see how far I can get tonight. I'm not going to get in a hurry. You know why? I, I realize I got 52 more Wednesday nights next year, so it's okay. It's okay. Turn with me to Mark 16, and this is something that's been on my heart for just a number of weeks now. Mark 16. And as you're turning there, do, do you believe that we should emphasize what the Bible emphasizes? Better stated, do you believe we should emphasize what Jesus emphasized? I, I believe so. And so in saying that right there, don't you think it would be positive and a good thing if we kept the main thing the main thing? I believe that's what we got to do. We, we got to just stay with the Word of God. And you see this principle throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Actually, the Lord said in Joshua 1, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. That you need to meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do all that's written in it. And then you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. He said in Psalms 119, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Proverbs 3, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so we begin to see some things within the word of God. So we begin here tonight... In Mark 16, verse 14, later Jesus appeared to the leaven as they sat at the table. And let me give you a little time frame of what's going on here. Jesus has already died on the cross and he's rose from the dead. He's back. And he appears to the leaven and you get it's 11, it's not 12 because Judas is no more. And so as he comes to these leaven, and remember in this time, according to Acts chapter 1, it says that when Jesus rose from the grave, he walked the earth for 40 days and 40 nights before he ascended into heaven. This is somewhere in that time frame. So think about this. If you got 40 days of your life left here on the earth, aren't you going to tell everybody the most significant things in your life? You're going to tell them how much you love them, but you're going to say, you got to get this, you got to get this. And so this is where Jesus is at. So he says to the leaven, and he rebuked their unbelief. He corrected their unbelief. Now, unbelief is the, the opposite of faith. And so he's going after them because of their lack of faith. And then he says, and even the hardness of heart or the stubbornness of your heart. Now, when I read that there, was the Lord correcting them because of their level of faith? In other words, he's saying, come on, guys, come on, come on, come on. You got to get your level of faith back up. And he goes on to say, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Now think about this right here. Jesus walked with these disciples for over three years. Over and over and over and over, he would tell them, listen, fellas, I'm going to die on the cross, but in three days, I'm going to come back. He told them and told them, and, and somewhere on the line, they didn't get it. And there's times in my own life that I can hear the word of God and I can hear the word of God and it's just times it's like I don't get it but just because I don't get those things the first, don't quit on the word of God. You, you gotta stay with it. Keep getting in the word and God will get into you. So we keep reading here. And he said to them, go into the world 
and preach the gospel. Now, the Lord Jesus is giving his disciples their assignment, and it's interesting. The first thing he tells them is, he said, go into the world and preach the Bible, preach Jesus, preach the word of God. Now, again, this time frame where we're at here with the Lord Jesus, man, these are his last and final words to him, and he said, listen, guys, you got to preach the gospel. So Jesus emphasizes the power of the word of God, and he goes on to say, preach the gospel to who? To every creature. This had to be a point of emphasis with the Lord Jesus. So I'm reading that. And I come across this, what I call a cross-reference. And this is Colossians 1.23, and it says, listen to this. If indeed you continue in the faith, if you continue in the faith, we got to continue in the faith, okay? Day by day by day, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, in which I, Paul, become a minister. So it's interesting right here that the apostle Paul saying here in Colossians 1.23 is where I just read, you got to stay with the word. You got to get rooted and grounded in the word. Don't let go of the word, okay? And it's interesting, this was the cross-reference on what he said. Verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And so the result here was salvation. This is what Jesus preached to him. You got to get people born again. And I believe that's the, the, the greatest goal of the church, the greatest is we got to get people born again. How do they get born again? You got to preach the word to them. You got to tell them the truth. And so Jesus is, is, is giving them right now his desires. He's telling them, this is what you got to do. Same chapter, verse 20. And they, the disciples, went out and they preached everywhere. They obeyed the Lord Jesus. And the Lord was working with them and confirming the word through the company signs. And so as they preached the word, it said the Lord was working with them. He was confirming his word with them. He was collaborating with them. He was cooperating with them. Now think about what he just said. I'll confirm my word with signs following. If we don't preach the word, then he doesn't confirm the word. But when we preach the word, the Lord Jesus said, my desire right here is to confirm what? The word of God. I got to confirm the word of God. I, I got to get you to a place where, where you hear the word of God and then Jesus says, I'll move. So I'm looking at this passage of the scripture with Jesus. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but I just begin to note how many times the Bible talked about Jesus teaching and preaching? So let me just brief you real quickly here. Matthew 4.23, Jesus went about teaching and preaching. Matthew 4, or 11, verse 1, it says he went about teaching and preaching. Mark 4.1, it says he went about teaching. Luke 20, verse 1, he taught and he preached. 
over and over and over again. I, I see this, and so Jesus, to me, he's highlighting the significance for me and you. We got to preach the Word of God. We got to stay with the Word of God. Now, remember, this was his assignment to the apostles, and he said, preach the Word to every creature. Look with me in the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. So again, do we keep the main thing the main thing? So in the book of Romans chapter 10, I'm only going to read two verses. But if you started in verse 6 and went through the rest of the chapter over and over again, it's the power of the word of God. Over and over, over and over. I encourage you to read Romans 10 starting in verse 6. You'll see it. But for time's sake, I'm going to read starting in verse 16 and then verse 17. It says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Do you know with most people, the primary response or the, numer- the, the normal response to the word of God is we reject it. That doesn't mean forever. Let me ask you this question. The first time that you heard the word of God, you get born again. I didn't. It took a bunch of times. Maybe because I was pretty thick-headed. And so this is what he's talking about. And he said, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report or who has believed our message? Now listen what the apostle Paul says here. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Just because you may not get it the first time, don't quit, okay? I'm telling you, I just, the more I read the more the word of God, the more the word of God begins to, to change my theology. The word of God begins to shape me. The word of God begins to create faith. So when I read this, the word of God does what? The word of God is the only way that we give faith. And, and when I read this, it doesn't suggest that we can get faith any other way but by hearing the word of God. And so when you read that, I, I get faith by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. It's important that you keep hearing the word of God. So could this be the reason that the Lord Jesus emphasized the word of God? He knew without faith it's impossible to please him. So let me share this with you just real, real briefly. Many of you know, I don't know, I don't see Brian here tonight, but Donald and Vicki Lawler, they come to church here. They usually sit back here. Well, she came to church Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon, early evening, she started feeling bad. She had a heart attack. And, and I'm telling you, it's, it's a miracle she's still here. So, I go up to the hospital to see him on Monday and we're sitting there talking about how good God had been to her and her husband, Donald, looked at me and he said, Pastor, I've got to share this with you. He said, I thank God I go to a church that teaches faith. And man, my radars went up. I looked at him and he said, the minute she told me she was having a heart attack, she said, he said, you know what jumped out of me? Mark 11, verses 22, 23, 24. 
And he said, I don't know over the years how many times I've heard you quote that. So I back up in my life over 40 years ago, and I'm at Bible school. And the guy at the Bible school I went to was a man named Kenneth Hagin. And every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an hour, I heard Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. And Mark 11, 22 says, and have the God kind of faith or faith in God. Mark 11, 23 says, and whosoever will say into the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart, but believe those things you say, you'll have whatever you say. Mark 11, 24 says, and whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And he said, Pastor, he said, I begin to speak to the mountain. He said, I begin to say, she'll live. Father God, you said, whatever things I ask when I pray, if I believe, then I'll receive those. And he said, it just started jumping out of me. And he rocked my world. I looked at it. And I don't think we realize the significance of faith until you need faith and you don't have faith and it's too late to get faith. But that's why I get into the word day by day by day and something begins to happen on the inside of me. And as I thought what he was saying, I thought, man, we gotta keep teaching faith. We gotta keep, keep putting that in people. Turn with me to Acts 2. Acts chapter 2. I'm bouncing all over the place here. I'm looking at notes, but sometimes my notes don't even make sense. Sometimes I've had people say, Pastor, can I look at your notes? And I'd say, yeah, go ahead. And they say, how can you decipher anything out of those? Acts 2. Okay. So let me give you a history now where we're at with the disciples. Jesus gave them disciple to pre- He gave them assignment, preach the gospel. When we get to Acts 2, Jesus is, he's done a, he's done a Peter Pan. You know what that means? Hostile lasagna, I'm out of here. He ascends into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's no more on this earth. And so now at this stage in the apostles' life, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I give you an insight? God still fills people with the Holy Spirit. And it's not weird, Okay. It's not some flaky weird stuff, okay? That's not the Holy Spirit I know, all right? And so if you look the whole book of Acts, these guys were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you to study. So they're full of the Holy Spirit, and things are beginning to happen. Acts 2, verse 14. But Peter, Peter the pathetic... He stands up with 11 and he raises his voice. Now, he's no longer Peter the pathetic. He's Peter the powerful. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And he stands up and and raises his voice and he said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Indeed, heed my words. So what Peter does here, it's incredible. I don't have time to do this, but I'm going to paraphrase. He begins to preach the word of God. He quotes the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2, starting in like verse 28. He speaks that word to him. Then before long, he quotes King David in Psalm 16. Before long, he quotes Psalm 68. And he's just, the word of God is just jumping out of Peter. I mean, just moving out of Peter. Same chapter. 
Verse 36. Now listen what it says. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. Now he's preaching to them. When they heard this, when they heard the word of God, they were cut to the heart. They were pierced in the heart. They were stung in the heart. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's the job of the Holy Spirit according to John 16. So Peter's preaching the word and it begins to cut him to heart. And some of you in here, sometimes when the word of God is preached, it cuts you to heart. And sometimes you think, my wife must be telling him what to preach. That's not the truth. That's the Holy Spirit. Pastor, have you been around my wife lately? Has she told you stuff about it? No. That's the Holy Spirit. So it cuts them to heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what do we do? What do we do? Something's happening in my heart. What do we do? And, and Pete says to him, repent, get born again, give your heart to Jesus, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't think it can be any more clearly. The result of preaching the word of God to people. And so I saw it with the Lord Jesus. I see it with the apostles again. Let me scream this out. We got to keep the main thing the main thing. Without the word of God, the, the church is not of any significance. This was the assignment he gave to us. And so I love people that welcome the word. I welcome the word. I welcome the word. Now I got just a few minutes here. Let me end in, in Mark chapter 6 tonight. We started in Mark. Let me end in Mark. This is an incredible passage here. Verse 1. Mark 6, verse 1. Then Jesus went out from there, which was Capernaum, and he came to his own country, his hometown, which was Nazareth, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. There it is again. It's, it's Sabbath, and what is the Lord Jesus doing? He goes to the synagogue, he goes to the church, and the first thing it says he begins to do, he teaches the Word of God. Clear, clear, clear again. The main thing, the main thing. And many hearing him, and many hearing him, they became astonished. saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this is which given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Now, they ultimately become critical. And so what they're hearing from him at this time, it doesn't stick with them. But it's interesting that it astonished them and they noticed that Jesus did miracles. So not only did Jesus teach the word, he confirmed the word with signs following, just as the word of God said. Don't I believe that should be an expectation of ours? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. 
Is this not the carpenter? So now they begin to reason. Is this not the carpenter? He, he pounded nails for a living. The son of Mary? His mom brought cookies on Valentine's Day. His brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? I, I played high school football with them. And are not all his sisters with us? She was in my English class. And are not all the sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Instead of getting a hero's welcome, they became offended at him. They were too familiar with him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Without honor. So if we don't give honor, you give dishonor. So the word honor right here means value, it means respect, and it means reverence. And in their, in their eyes, they didn't cultivate honor, they dishonored, and Jesus recognized it. And so when we dishonor, it literally shuts down the things that God wants to do. But when there's a place of honor, it changes everything. Verse 5. Now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and he healed them. Now this is one of the, the, the verses that always brings up a question mark. It says he could not do any mighty works. And many times I would read that and I'd think, he would not, but that's not what the Bible said. It didn't say he would not. It said that he could not. Something was limiting him. It wasn't limiting his power, but it was limiting his mission. He could not. Now, when I read this, I think, wait a minute. He's the son of God. He can do whatever he wants. Evidently not. Now, when there's a lack of honor given to Jesus, it limits him. He could do no mighty works there. Do you know his hometown of Nazareth was the only place recorded in the Bible, or the gospel, I mean the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that he couldn't do anything there. Verse 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief, their lack of faith. He marveled. You know, the word marveled associated with the Lord Jesus is mentioned two times. He marveled at their unbelief, but in Matthew 8 with the centurion, it said he marveled because his great faith. So his marveling was both a, a reference to a response to faith, and one was negative and one was positive. And he still operates that way, that when I show honor to the Lord Jesus, he marvels one way or another. 
Am I a person of unbelief or am I a person of faith? Says, Lord Jesus, I trust you. I believe you. And what I find by the word of God, the more I study the word of God, the more I find out the character and the heart of God and the Lord Jesus. You read the word of God and you'll begin to look and say, man, Jesus is incredible. He's incredible. Watch how this verse ends. Then he went about the village in a circuit, teaching. He went about the villages, teaching. It just ends with that, teaching. So again, when I read that, I look and I think, Jesus always emphasized the truth of the word of God. That was the main emphasis. So again, what happens if we just keep the main thing the main thing? See, if Jesus emphasized the teaching of the word of God this much, man, it ought to tell us something. You know, in Isaiah 61, it says he was anointed to preach the gospel. Matthew 4, 4, the Lord Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let me, let me help you with that. Just as food sustains us physically, the word of God is sustaining us spiritually. And if I don't get in the word of God, I'm spiritually malnourished. So Smith Wigglesworth, the great evangelist, said this. We feed our natural man three hot meals a day, and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week, and we wonder why we're starving spiritually. Ooh, amen or oh me. So what I believe the Lord Jesus is doing for me and you, to, he's going to challenge us. He's going to challenge you. And so I challenge you, get in the Word. Get, get translations that you can understand the Bible. And don't read the Word of God for quantity, but read it for quality. I don't care if you only get five verses one day where you look and say, okay, tell me, Lord, what you're speaking to. Tell me what you're saying. And you watch what God will do. It'll change you. Whoo, Pastor, you better be quiet and hush. Be quiet. Let's stand up. I got to stop. Wow. Feel comfortable right now. I, I just welcome you. Just raise your hands here to heaven. And Father God, right now, we, we thank you for who you are. The God who never leaves us nor forsakes us. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for who you are, and I pray right now, Lord, that there's a grace on it. We honor you, Lord Jesus. We honor you. We honor what you did for us on the cross. We honor your blood. We honor your broken body. We honor the sacrifice tonight. And Father God, I thank you right now that within every one of us, you would create an appetite. You would grace us to say, Lord, I hunger and thirst for more of you. The word, an appetite. Grace me, Father God. Grace me to have revelation knowledge and understand the word of God. And Father God, I, I thank you right now, just as you said in Colossians 1, that we stay with the word. We stay with it. Steadfast in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.